And ladies and gentlemen, we are back here for another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. Hey, Orlando City drew and the pride lost. Ooh, July. Stinky. Stinky. Yay. Welcome to July of Orlando Soccer. This is like a, a normal thing. We shouldn't be surprised. It's just last year. July was good to Orlando City. That's because they started the season basically in July with MLS's back. And now that you're back into a normal flow of things, you're seeing injuries and call-ups and everything in between. And, of course, no winning. Nothing matters! Nothing has any consequence! Three wins since 2015 in the month of July. Every season. Total. Grand. Like, wild stat. And they've almost played 30 games in july through all of mls so that's how we're starting off the show welcome in it's just myself austin david and brad newton here today ahoy and so we will walk you through everything going on with orlando city and pride of course Concacaf, the gold cup is going on we'll walk you through a little bit of that and then our weird news and red cards just keep it short and simple and as quick as we can for this week since it's just the two of us so, Brad, let's start off with that 1-1 draw in Toronto against Toronto FC. First time since last year that Toronto's actually played a home game in Toronto because all of this year they were playing the home games in Orlando, which was nice for Orlando because they got a quote-unquote road win in quote-unquote Toronto. 3-2 was the score earlier this season. They won one nothing the week before that. And now we go to Toronto, and it's 1-1. Josie Altador scores is like five minutes after he comes on for Dom Dwyer, who did Dom Dwyer things. Not the brag it used to be. <laughs> no. No, not, not quite. Uh, Nani also scored a penalty, kind of. Alex Bono may have helped him a little bit. But, but before we'll, we'll, all that... Yeah. Before all that, there there was a, a pretty important thing that happened to the city with Sebas Mendes getting hurt and having yeah. to be subbed out as well. Right. I was just going over the goals. Let's yeah. go back to the beginning and talk about that Sebas Mendes injury. A bit of friendly fire. Not, yeah. not great. It, it was two not, instances of friendly fire where you had not only Benji Michel kicking Sebas's ankle, basically, and then you had um, Kyle Smith stepping on that same ankle going for a challenge. And uh, unfortunately, Sebas had to come out in the 11th minute. Yeah, not uh, not great. Not great, Bob. No. However, for those worried about Sebas Mendez and his future, if he's going to be hurt, according to Oscar Pereja, it is just a bruise. He will hopefully get back to training this week. Probably not going to play on Thursday, but they're hoping for the weekend on Sunday or Saturday in uh, New York City FC, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, man, this the, they really cannot catch a break right now. With- no, th- again, this is just July for Orlando City. This is this yeah. is how it goes every year. Every year. 
no matter how good or bad they are, July sucks. Yeah, the the league should really look into just starting the season every year in July. Just because, like, the one time we had a good July, like you said, that's when that's what happened. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Andres Perea came in and still played really well. I think he did good considering he didn't have much time to prepare to come in. And then he played the rest of the game. Now, on the other hand of things, um, Toronto, they had all three of their designated players available. Orlando had two because they only have two. They had Mauricio and Nani. And neither of them did all that much throughout the game. Like, it was Toronto's home game, and they played like it. They played like it was a game that mattered to them, and their their DPs played fairly well. And then you had Dom Dwyer, who did not. He, Man, he was... remember, remember there was like a chant that Orlando City... Uh, supporters used to, to say that about he scores Tom when he Dwyer. wants. Well, he obviously didn't want to score against Orlando City. No. Well, there was also a stretch of time where it looked like uh, Gavin wanted to score at Orlando City Stadium a lot more than he did for like a quarter of the season that one time. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's not. It's not been great for Tom Dwyer. Put it that way. He has struggled mightily. Do you want to take a guess at what? his expected goals were for the game i mean given his position i'd put it at like a 1.2 no it's a big fat zero. Oh, yeah yeah there were he had some good runs and there it looked like he should have had a goal but zero is a surprise mm-hmm i mean tesho's was also a zero but he came out after 45 yeah. Nani was a 1.03, yeah. and Andres Perea was a 0.45. Outside of that, Kyle Smith was the only one who had more than a zero, and his was a 0. 0.08. Huh. Do you want to guess what the expected goals for the game was for both teams? Uh, I'm going to guess Toronto 0.3 and Orlando City 1.5. That's close, actually. Toronto, 0.5, and Orlando City, 1.6. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so not too bad. All things considered, a lot of the shots that Orlando had, I think like four of them were from distance. Four of the ten shots that they had were from outside the box and from pretty far off, and those were a lot of Nani shots. In fact, Nani, I mean, Nani had, what, four? four five six shots including the penalty six of the ten shots kyle smith had two by the way there's the one he had late in the first half that was pretty good like it was at like the center of the box yeah the one that was blocked yeah 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 yeah. 41st minute yeah yeah and then he had another uh he had another shot a minute later from outside the box um yeah that that one less less good (laughs) Yeah, it was just kind of right to Bono. That's that's just a that's just a hope and a prayer kind of yeah. shot. Yeah. He ha- he he did have the uh, free kick in the 11th minute that was tricky, I guess. Kind of looked like it was going in and then it was it was pretty far off at the end of it. But other than that, big issue for Orlando City in this game is that Nani was the one who was putting all the chances on goal and then the other person was Kyle Smith. 
Uh, Andres Pereira at the end of the game, he had a he had a pretty good opportunity. True. Outside of that, yeah, there wasn't like, there there wasn't anybody else. Yeah, if you look at it on its face, like statistically, it looked like it was a pretty even match. I mean, uh, Orlando City outshot Toronto ten to nine. They put five shots on target to Toronto's three. Um, that pretty much the same passing accuracy at 84%. The only real advantage it, on paper it looked like Toronto had was that they just completed about 40 more passes than Orlando City did. So, Statistically speaking, it looked even. Uh, in the, in the game, the, <laughs> yeah. the eye test, it was not. No. Second half was a bit better. I think with Benji kind of moving more centrally and having guys like uh, Mueller coming in, by the way, Mueller has apparently been playing hurt. I just want to point that out. Which would explain a lot, really. Yeah, he's he's had a knock, uh, according to Oscar Pereja, and he's been kind of feeling himself a little bit. So they haven't really tried to push him too much, all things considered. But Chris, uh, he played a 45-minute shift, didn't look terrible. They're just kind of trying to keep it as close to the vest as possible with him so that he doesn't re-injure himself and then they're down another player yeah that's really the last thing they they need right now mm-hmm. anyways uh benji moved up top and they just let him run which ended up leading to that penalty the the 75th minute was the uh penalty decision after var because originally they called the foul on benji taking out Alex Bono, but then the VAR kind of clearly showed that Bono took out Benji. So, yay VAR? Yeah, our latest city has been on the the good end of VAR, like, lately. True, yeah. It is kind of weird, because it's never been like that. Now it is. Yeah, when it was at its first inception, it definitely was like, oh, we're getting pro-raft out of like if there was a way to make pro even worse, it's adding VAR to it, and now it's like, oh well, maybe this isn't so bad. But it's actually kind of good. It's actually kind of good, which unlike uh, historically anyone who's the primary penalty taker for Orlando City, yeah, that's kind of been the case. Yeah. So before we talk about that, I want to give uh, the update from Oscar Pereja. Here in his own words is his injury report. Antonio Carlos has been training way much better or more comfortable. Uh, we will have our training tonight and uh, we will observe him to see how is his evolution. So I'm optimistic to have him available. Uh, we have Ruan that is coming back as well. Uh, the problem with Ruan right now is not... Uh, healing his injury but it's just uh, having more um, uh, consistency on the training since his uh, stop was longer but he's coming along um, let me let me turn this down I, I probably you hear a noise hold on did he get like a like a call in the middle of that is that what happened there yeah he 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 did he did uh, we're talking about Ruan and and uh, Sebas, uh, uh, fortunately, he, he he was not nothing or it was nothing serious with Sebas. So 
for an instance, we could have that uh, he could have compromised his bone, but but he's in, he's fine. Now he's just trying to recover that bruise that is it has been important. Uh, but Sebas is brave, and I think we will have him today in the training available too. If not, we will wait another day tomorrow, and um, and I think we'll be will be fine. But if if he is presenting some pain, we will we will wait. Uh, the same with a couple of players as well that that came uh, from Toronto with some some uh, challenges that we will evaluate in today and tomorrow. Okay, that is Oscar Pereja in, in entirety of what his thoughts are for injuries and such. So, uh, it, it pretty much exactly what I said earlier, but I figured, why not let Oscar explain all of it himself? So that's going into their game against Philly on Thursday. Let's talk very quickly about that Nani penalty in the 76th minute. It was, um, it was, it was not great. <laughs> it was, no. it was not a great penalty. Alex Bono, thankfully is not great goalkeeping sometimes and kind of helped Orlando out a little bit by angling his hand just so, so that the ball would go in the back of the net as Nani shot it. Um, there's there's that old saying of you either go for placement or power. He went for power, and it was placed that's, in the back that's of the really net for the him. Really, the only reason why it went in. Hey, listen. You put enough power on it, good things can happen. Or you can just <laughs> sky it and it not go very well. This is true. You could very easily sky it and put as much power as you can into it and just have it flop completely. Hey. Uh, Austin, are there any notable examples of just going full power into a, a penalty and it not working out very well uh, recently mm. within like the last I don't know, say month or so? Hmm. Hmm. I want to talk about it. Any uh, any notable examples? And then no, I want to. I don't want to talk about it. No. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, but uh, as I was alluding to earlier, uh, Orlando <laughs> City has never really had a a primary like penalty taker that has been like super reliable historically. I mean, we say that, but like Kaká only ever missed really like two penalties that he took, but also everyone knew what direction he was going in all the time. It just kind of happened to work out pretty well. Like, there wasn't, like, a whole lot of mystery to how Kaká was ever going to take a penalty. He's going bottom left. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lahren only ever took one penalty his time here in Orlando City, at least in uh, MLS play, um, and that did not work. Um, the other guy who was primarily taking uh, penalties during that period was Carlos Rivas, who, yep, you can kind of guess how that went. I mean, he listen, he had a hat trick of penalties in the Yeah, in a US, in a Open, US Cup. Open Cup game. Yeah, sure. Great. Cool. <laughs> one one game is not a great sample size of uh <laughs> building a, a skill on it. Uh after Kaká left, of course, uh Sasha Kleishin, who uh, went two for three uh, the one year that he was the primary guy doing that. He also kind of split that role with Yoshi, who 
did not miss a penalty. He went three for three. Um, the only other guy in 2017-2018 to take a penalty, yep, Justin Miram, who did not convert one. Um, at least in MLS play, in Open Cup play, um, it did go to a, a shootout of penalties against D.C. United. Um, the only one to miss was Jose Villarreal. So, kind of forgot he played for the team right up until I looked that up. And uh, si- since then, it's been all Nani. Yeah. Uh, well, and Mauricio. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mauricio, you know. He did miss that one. Did miss that one where it looked like no one else really wanted to even take it, so he just kind of did it. Yeah. By the way, uh, when you mentioned Jose Villarreal, I had to look him up because I genuinely had no idea where he was. Last I heard, he was playing for Las Vegas, and he scored a goal there. He is now playing in the Philippines for Global Football Club. Yeah, I do see that was the last place he he was, and it says he has been without a club since August 1st of 2020. So, Oh, well... Hmm. It's not great. It's not great at all. So no, no. Altogether not that great. No. Um uh, would seem to think that maybe with some guys coming back from injury there might be someone who can take penalties. Maybe. Thing is, I I, I still feel like Nani's gonna be your penalty kick taker. Maybe Pato if he comes back. I mean, that's kind of my thought. Is that Pato, maybe? Like, at least there's a known commodity with Nani. Where, like, he still gives you a a very good chance of converting. At the same time, though, it's it's not a given. It's it's always a mind game with a penalty, though. Because, I mean, you've seen it with Ashlyn Harris on the Pride side. She's saved four penalties this year. Uh Uh-huh. So it's it's not necessarily about how good you are as a penalty kick taker. Sometimes it's just a mind game between the keeper and the player. It, it just varies. It, it very much varies. But statistically speaking, there could be much better players to take penalties. Uh, we've seen players like Antonio Carlos hit some very nice penalties. A guy like Uri Rossell. guy like um, Droben Janssen even. Benji Michel, those guys have had some very nice penalties and penalty shootouts. I mean, just look, thinking back to Pato, Pato's only ever missed, um, th- well, four penalties ever. How and many? Was, how many has Nani missed? Seven. It's not much uh, of a difference. Not much of a difference. Although uh, Pato hasn't missed one lately. He hasn't played lately. Uh, his last one, his last one he made was in February of 2020. Hmm. It was a yeah. Syria Polista match for Sao Paulo. Okay then, sure, why not? If he plays, give him a chance. If there's a penalty, might as well. I mean, it can't hurt. It's not as if it's not as if it's broken with Nani taking penalties. It's no, just but like far from it, it could it could be better. I mean, it could always be better. The team could be better. They could be playing better. They could be winning. Here's a, here's a bit of trivia for you, Austin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Pato mm-hmm. converted a penalty 
while playing for Chelsea in April 2nd of 2016. That was the only goal he ever had for them. Right. Who was the goalkeeper that he scored that against? Oh, hmm. Who did they play? Aston Villa. <laughs> Brad Guzan. It was Brad Guzan. D- does, uh, does, would Pato be playing against Brad Guzan anytime in the mm-hmm. near to immediate future? No, because Brad Guzan got called up for the Gold Cup for the U.S. Hmm. So he's not with Atlanta and probably won't be by the time Orlando plays Atlanta on the 30th. Unless the U.S. gets knocked out. Oh, <laughs> playing with fire here. I mean, listen, they could they could be back Sunday. Well, Monday, technically. I guess that could potentially line up. That'd be interesting. Has 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 the USA ever had any uh problems playing Jamaica in the Gold Cup before? They in fact have. No uh, uh <laughs> but there hey, there's no guarantee they're going to be playing Jamaica though. That'll be decided uh, tonight, since we're recording this on Tuesday, it'll be decided by the time this show is aired. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It could be Jamaica or Costa, or Costa Rica. Rica. Yeah, depending on who wins Tuesday night, but we won't know. At least, well, we will know. It's just not uh, yeah. Here. We'll we'll know in well. What is it? It's not the future because this episode comes out Wednesday. <laughs> It's just, we're making this too complicated. We're moving on. <laughs> oh man, time, no, time we're is not going to flat circle. <laughs> it's a human construct. It doesn't real. There's a TV agent at my door right now. <laughs> They're not even at your door. They're just inside your house, ready to take you away. You're very yeah. <laughs> the, the Brad variant who tried to figure out how to describe whether or not this Jamaica Costa Rica game could be described as tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> Sometimes it's all it takes, I guess. Yeah, hey, they said if you're late for work, even that's a variant. So, damn, doesn't t- doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, last couple of things for Orlando City. Kyle Smith, want to give him a quick shout out. The accountant, the MLS leader, like that. He is the MLS leader in tackles. One of all MLS players with thirty. It's impressive, hey, man. Yeah. He's been, I mean, we've said it all year. He's been very solid for them. Mm-hmm. He needs a break, though. He's been he's been playing he's, nonstop. He's been playing so much. Dear God, Antonio Carlos, please heal very quickly. It's not even Antonio Carlos. It's Juan. Oh, yeah. They just, they just need a, a, another healthy fullback. They've got Moss now, but... Yeah, but he's going to be playing on the left. He's not... Well, Moutinho is now healthy. He played and started. Uh, yeah, I mean... I guess, but they could try and throw Moss out on the left and the Moutinho on the right. Like there, there are options they could play if they really wanted to give Kyle a break. I don't know if they necessarily want to though, because if Kyle's been playing well, why would you try and take him out? Anyways, he's been great and uh, definitely an undervalued player, uh, financially speaking, as well as just in general because he's he's on the cheap and considering from where he came from to where he is now the levels that he has risen to from usl uh player that james o'connor brought along with greg ranjitsing which people forget that he was even on this team to now a 
bona fide starter in MLS for a playoff contender. Very, very, very impressive. And and, and considering, because Kyle Smith is not a, a young player, right? He's now 29 years old. He's in the He's what you would consider the prime of your career. I mean, I would consider like 25 years old prime of your career. I, I think for a center back, though. He's a that's fullback. Fullback. Sorry. Which requires you to get up and down the field. Yeah, true. So, again, all things considered. Four years ago, 2017, he was with Louisville, playing well. It, you know, it, it's it's crazy because he, he went to – a Division three school, Transylvania University, and has, has made his way up from PDL to USL to MLS. Very impressive. Very impressive for Kyle Smith. Now, uh, we talked about John Moutinho coming back. We talked about uh, Alexander Pato potentially coming back. He did travel with Orlando City up to Canada this past weekend possibly available off the bench on Thursday, maybe in New York on Sunday. Definitely something to watch out for. Hopefully Antonio Carlos is also healthy by that point. They they say he's a very quick healer, but with Rodrigo Schlegel playing as well as Robin Janssen, I don't know necessarily if you need to go ahead and well, force him back too quickly. I think with Michael Halliday sort of emerging on that right side too, I think you you could sort of have another game with him starting if you really needed to give Kyle Smith a, a bit of a break. True, he has played fairly well. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed with with Mikey and and just his speed for his size is also very impressive because he's six feet six feet one, and he can he can track back and get forward very easily and his long legs just really really take him places so the the issue is that he's still very young and you know pushing too much on him at one time can be dangerous so i know i know with oscar they they want to try and take it slow with him he i mean he didn't feature in the game he was on the bench against toronto um yeah he he just didn't play yeah i mean he Played 80 minutes against Chicago and 84 against the Red Bulls and full 90 against Miami. So he yeah. has been getting a lot of time playing lately. It's because um, they haven't had literally anybody else that's been right. healthy on the fullback side because well, Zhao yeah, has just gotten back. Yeah. But, I mean, between Zhao getting healthy and Moss maybe being available, like it, now you suddenly run into the opposite problem that you had. Now you're like, oh, well, now we do have some – figuring out to do as to who's going to actually start these games. Yeah. Which it's a good, pro- it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it, it does run into like a sort of a, a problem if you're trying to figure out who you want starting. Yeah. But that's why I don't envy any coach ever because I would never want to have that kind of problem. Yeah. I have a hard enough time figuring out what formation I want to play in FIFA ultimate team, let alone, <laughs> Like, doing it in real life? No thanks. Now, uh, let's look ahead to the games this week coming up. Orlando City plays Philly and NYCFC this week. Philly on Thursday, NYCFC on Sunday. Uh, 
Orlando City currently has a game in hand on Philly, while New York has a game in hand on Orlando. Bit of a weird one. Anyways, Orlando currently in third because Philly picked up a draw. They did beat DC United on Saturday, so... That yes, that that is true as well. <clears throat> Getting three points is more than two points. Oh, that's right. It was Montreal that was tied with Orlando, not Philly, because Philly was at twenty and now they're at twenty-three. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I've I've found my mistake. I was too focused on Orlando's points per game, which, by the way, is one point six nine. Nice, indeed. That's the sex number. So, with the game in hand and Orlando City currently leading in goal differential, by the way, still despite you know some some uh, miscues. Yeah. They're still like leading barely. the Eastern it's, it's, Conference. It's pretty solid. It's yeah. Three, three points clear of the next team. So, Yeah. And again. You're also allowing the second fewest goals in the East, which helps. Yeah. Columbus only, is only, the only other team. And they the, the thing is, Columbus only has 15 goals compared to Orlando's 21. Granted, mm, those, tw- those 21 goals have, I 20. mean, eight of them have come from uh what like two games yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 there's the yeah only one game there's only been two games where they've won by more than one goal so which is a, a thing i've been talking about all year it feels like yes yes so. we we have been talking about that quite a bit neither way thanks san jose san jose and fc cincinnati fc cincinnati being the big one the, the really big big one they've allowed 25 goals this season by the way toronto funny enough has allowed the most they well, actually guess have it the when worst. they play orlando yeah well they also allowed most of those goals under chris armis and he's not yeah. there anymore well i mean they played most of their matches this year under chris armis so yeah other than the last two where they've gotten four points a win and a draw yeah. wonder wonder why Hey, you ever you ever stop to think what might have been the issue there? Speaking of what might have been the issue, how about Atlanta? Ooh. I don't know if you know this, but typically if you want guys to play well, uh, you should keep them hydrated. Mm-hmm. And not bol- not like just break them down and basically yeah. make them like not hate, rest ever. Hate yeah, playing ma- the game. Yeah. Ima- the, imagine like imagine making your players hate you and then be like yeah this is my coaching tactic i want them to hate me so they'll play better it's like no it's like it's like you were asking to get fired alienating the preeminent offensive player in the league and making him pretty much say that yeah this is the last year i'm gonna play in this town i mean what's the what's the phrase uh you mess with the king you better best not miss you best not miss that's the one yep and oh boy did he miss Oh, he missed. The funniest part of all of this, by the way, is the report that Frank DeBoer said he would be glad to return to Atlanta United. Let it be known that I would also be uh, open to returning to any other job that I previously did not perform well at and uh, would be willing to pay me a good amount of money to do. I mean, listen, Frank DeBoer was, was fired fairly quickly into his tenure. Not quite as quick as Gabriel Heinze, but it's like, like you know, imagine imagine just saying, "Hey guys, if you need a if you need somebody to come back, I'm I'm here. Hi. 
I know you fired me, but I, I wasn't worse than the other guy. I mean, there's some places where that might work. There's the lesser of two evils. That is a thing. Now, if you really wanted to just go full scorched earth for Atlanta United, guess who's available? We were just talking about him like two minutes ago. Oh. Yeah, Chris Armis. Yeah, that's... Oh, boy. I don't... Imagine Toronto fires Chris Armis for not getting along with Star Striker, and then Atlanta hires him. The scenes, wow. the scenes that would happen if that was the But, case. I mean, that would be, like, one of the most Atlanta sports things you could possibly do. Oh, but not Atlanta United. They're special. You can't, you can't see it, but I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. Oh, I was doing a jerk-off motion. <laughs> uh, last thing about Atlanta, really quickly. Shout-out to Rob Valentino for getting the interim job. Yeah, I know it's Atlanta, but shout-out to arguably one of the best defenders Orlando City ever had. Wow, 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 he's very nice. I can say that pretty confidently because 2015 to 19 were pretty shit for defenders. At Orlando City. Yeah, yeah, almost uh, historically so. Yeah. So, Rob Valentino, one of the best defenders to ever do it for Orlando City, now getting a chance in MLS as the interim manager for Atlanta United. For those who don't remember or weren't around for the USL days, Rob Valentino played for Orlando City from 2011 to 2014, captaining the team when Miguel Gallardo was not. And he was part of some of the best defenses in USL history that allowed the fewest amount of goals. Granted, USL back in the day was a lot different than it is now. It's a lot more parity in the league nowadays compared to then. But again, some of the most successful teams in USL history had Rob Valentino in the back line. He made multiple uh, all-USL teams and yeah, very fiery, passionate kind of guy. You, you may not be able to tell nowadays, but uh, when he was on the field, he he had, he had wore his emotions on his sleeve, and the fans fed off of that. So when he, scores, uh, when he scored goals, it was a very special moment because he just let it all out there. So uh, happy for him. Great guy. Uh, got to know him throughout the years. And um, yeah, just a, a very down-to-earth kind of guy. Very good leader you, as well. You talking about uh, how USL of back then is not the USL of today, and it made me remember that Jamie Vardy bought into the Rochester Rhinos. Yeah, he did do that, didn't he? Yeah, what a weird, a, weird a thing ago. to do. It was such a it was such a weird announcement too. There's like a there's oh god, there was some like quote from him that was like uh yeah. It's uh, fuck. He was like just so excited to join a storied club, like the like be a part of the Rhinos. And it was like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> like they had they like suspended operations for like a year or two. Mm. Yeah, well, they yeah they're they've they're currently suspended. They've suspended operations since 2017. Yeah, it says they'll they'll undergo a rebrand and return to action in 2022. Just pretty funny. But that's just a tangent from you talking about the USL of today. 
Is Drogba still like a, an owner in Phoenix? I think so. God, how many like former players are like team owners in USL now? I know uh, Landon Donovan. Is he does he own the team or does he just coach it? Landon Donovan's the coach. He was actually named USL Coach of the Month. Yeah, I didn't know if he had an ownership stake in it too or or what. But, I mean, that's the other thing too. If Landon Donovan suddenly like starts developing more and more as a coach, maybe he might make the jump into being an MLS coach. I think at some point, yeah. Anyway, that's just that's just a totally non sequitur that I've been thinking about. It's just former players now owning franchises and them being able to get some monochrome of power. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about Orlando City being Wednesday today. There's some big news coming. It may have already happened by the time this show comes out. But there's some big news involving Orlando City coming. Can't say more than that. But you'll see and and know when it happens. <laughs> that sucks so bad. Why, why even mention that? I just... I don't know. <laughs> that Get sucks. people hyped. Get people hyped. I don't that know. Sucks. <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry. Hey, something big. Watch this space. See, because I, I can't say too much because it may or may not happen today being Wednesday. I've <clears> been told Donald- it's happening. But I don't know for 100% certainty that it will go through and be done today. Yeah, I mean, all right. You can draw your own opinions here. You can draw conclusions here. Did everyone Something get is, press credentialed? Is that what the announcement is? No. It's involving the future of Orlando City. Uh, Something that's been in the works for a while. Orlando City is joining FaZe Clan. No. Anyways, I, I will leave it at that, and we'll move on to the or- Orlando Pride. They played Portland this past weekend in Portland, and it went about as well as one would expect. Yeah, they've only ever won one match in Portland, so yeah. Yeah, not not great. 2-1 the final, and that one was kind of generous. Mercedes Vigiano scored very, very late into the day. Yeah, no, yeah, no word. The scoreline does not reflect how not good the Pride were in this match. Yeah, um, Ashton Harris had a penalty save again. Death her, 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 her second of the season and the fourth of the year because she had two in the tournament. She hasn't let a penalty in this year. Just knock no. on wood with that. Well, now you've given so, it the commentator's curse. I, it's, it's, it's like a whole another week before the Orlando Pride can see another penalty. You, commentator, no? Yes, but not on the game, thankfully. Their, their games. Hmm. Well, needless to say, Orlando did not play well in Portland. Talking to Mark Skinner after the game at like 1.30 in the morning, he was I was asking him, like, this is the second game in a row where you've had bad first halves. Why? Like, what's going on here? And he, he says he, he doesn't know. Like he's, he's, the game plan is in place. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do, and they just don't do it. And it's hard. He said it was hard to, to yell at the players for not doing something because of the crowd, which is like, yeah, that that's kind of what they do. They they're they're there to disrupt things happening on the field. And 
it was just not great from Orlando. Much better second half, much like the game against Louisville. They played much better in the second half, created some chances. Still not great in terms of expected goals or anything, but much, much better, all things considered. You know, you bring in a, a player like Abby Kim, who is getting down the wings. You bring in players like Marissa Vigiano, who ended up scoring. You bring in Phoebe McLernan, who I believe is the missing link in the back line. I think that if Allie Krieger moves out wide and McLernan starts at center back with Amy Turner, I think that is your ideal starting back line along with Courtney Peterson. I, I was not impressed with Kylie Strom. I think it was a bit, a bit of a tough situation for her to be in. Her first uh, start in NWSL coming against Portland in Portland. But they went with it, and uh, she was the one who actually conceded the penalty on Megan Klingenberg. So not great, but lesson learned. And hopefully when they play against O.L. Reign this Saturday night, it will be much better. Because O.L. Reign are not great right now. Uh, they have a bit of <laughs> problems on their own. Because... Right now, they're currently second to last in the league, which isn't saying too much, all things considered, because there's only nine points separating first and second to last. But O.L. Reign fired their manager. They had to bring back, well, technically they currently have Sam Lady as their interim manager. But as of right now, they, they've brought back... Uh, Laura Harvey? Yeah, Laura Harvey, thank you. So they brought back Laura Harvey to take over from Farid Benstidi, who, yeah, not great. Laura Harvey is good, though. I think she'll she'll do a lot with the team. I don't know. Uh, she won't join the OL Reign staff until the end of the Olympics, I believe. So they'll be rocking with Sam Lady, their longtime assistant, for the foreseeable future when they play Orlando this weekend. And the last couple results haven't been great for OL. They lost 3 nothing to Gotham, 2 nothing to Houston. They beat Kansas City, but everyone seems to be able to do that. And then they lost to the Red Stars 3-1. to Well, yeah, the Kansas City haven't won yet, so. No. And even with OL Reign getting a red card, they still won 2 nothing. Either way, this could be a bounce-back game for the Pride. That's the hope, at least. Because they really need a win. They need something to be able to hang their hat on. Especially when their next game that they get to play is against North Carolina. In North Carolina. Yeah. 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 So, uh, last thing I want to talk about for the Pride, at least, is Mark Skinner. The What the future holds for him. He has apparently been contacted by Manchester United women's team to become their next head coach. Now, by the time this show comes out, I will have talked to Mark Skinner and gotten a bit of more of his thoughts on the matter. He probably can't say much right now. He'll probably shoot down the rumor. Or maybe say, yeah, hey, I'm leaving. I don't I don't know. Uh, Brad, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, Mark um, Skinner, what, what do you think? It's one of those scenarios where it feels like the guy is failing upward. Like, I don't... I don't know why Manchester United would be interested in him, given the results that the Pride have had with the players they have. I mean, I'm 
though I, I will say this recent news that has come out about uh, the Super League and how some of those teams are being run and Manchester United specifically, maybe it's not much of a surprise, really, to be honest. Um, just feels like kind of weird. I don't, I don't know. Like I haven't, I I have not been a big fan of the strategy that the Pride have employed under uh, Mark Skinner. I mean, we we talk about it all the time. I mean, we allude to it. The the art, you know, that that famous quote that he had, and some of the other uh, less than great quotes that he's given us over the last two years of him being here. But um, yeah, that's that's weird. I guess like. Cool, man. Uh, again, people see things in Mark Skinner. The players do. Other GMs do. Like, there's a lot to like for Mark Skinner and his his viewpoint on football. I, I think the results haven't done him any favors. And yes, he does kind of put his foot in his mouth sometimes. But it, it, once you take the, the cameras off of him and just get him into a natural conversation, he he's much more free and open and... and much much different he, it, there's, there's just a lot more free-flowing conversation between him and other people uh, once the cameras are off of him so uh, again a lot of quotes that he says have always been taken out of context or he just kind of put he says things that he, he doesn't mean to say they just kind of come out and that's hurt him in the public view uh, but for someone who's gotten to know him since he came to Orlando um the, the players genuinely, like, I've seen them at training, and I've seen how they uh, interact with him on a daily basis, and, like, there's the, if I'm a GM, like, I, I would want a coach that would be able to connect with my players like that, to be able to, to understand where they're coming from, to be so detail-oriented with the team uh, that they, they improve uh, the players, you know, individually, not just focus on the results um, that's why it's been such a long-term process with this Orlando Pride team is because they're not just focused on the results they're focused on improving the players which will then turn into results and with a lot of young players you know it's a project so hearing that Mark Skinner would leave the project that he's been trying to build for the last couple of years is kind of surprising to be honest but I know that he's missed going back to England he's his you know partner Laura She's been doing stuff for the BBC for the the last year or so. She's been doing commentary. She's been going back and forth between Orlando and England. And so that can be very hard, especially if you have a three-year-old daughter. So I can understand that it is possible that he may want to go back to England just for that sake, but we'll see. Birmingham... Cliff Kingsbury. That's how I kind of think of him. Yeah, okay. I can, I can kind of get behind that. Anyways, uh, that's all I've got for the Orlando Pride. Now, let's talk about the Florida Cup. Now, most people would have seen this already, uh, but Brad, you have not because we're recording this as news is broken. I regret to inform you that Arsenal has canceled their trip to the Florida Cup because of COVID-19 cases in their camp. Well, 
Huh. Yeah. Not not great. Um, the uh, there was a small number of positives in their traveling party. They're all asymptomatic, but now they are looking for alternate plans instead of coming to Florida. So that's super unfortunate, especially for the people who, you know, bought tickets, <laughs> bought tickets to see Arsenal. <laughs> thinking that they were going to see Arsenal. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm genuinely curious as to what Orla- what the Florida Cup is going to do as an alternative. Like, who can they get? Who can they get to come play in a sh- like less than a week's notice? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just funny because like. Not like only in 2021 could this happen. By the way, literally at 4 a.m. on Tuesday, they won't. Today we train. Tomorrow we fly. So, mm. uh, mm. I don't, I don't know what you would do at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's definitely a tricky situation for the Florida Cup because apparently Everton. Misionarios and Inter are still coming, even though, you know, Florida is currently the Delta variant capital of the world, basically. Or at least the capital of the U.S. Like a third of the positive COVID cases are here in Orlando or in Florida in general, not necessarily in Orlando, but still. Yeah, I mean, Everton, uh, the Athletic are saying that Everton's still planning on coming, so. I don't know how they're going to, how they're going to plan this out. <laughs> Obviously, you want to you want to have the best interest of the players in mind. I mean, that's that's like yeah. If that's a if this is a problem, then that's a no brainer. Like, don't do this. Honestly, kudos to them for not just saying, "Hey, it's just a few un- you know a few players that are asymptomatic will still come." Like, they're just like, "Nope." Well, that's the thing too is that of most clubs, I think Arsenal kind of understand that. Uh, they didn't have fans last year, and they really want fans this year. Arsenal have a lot going on. They're going to be the focus of the uh, the All or Nothing uh, series on set. That's Amazon, right? The All or Nothing series, yeah. This yeah. is going to be a part of that documentary. So, uh, yeah, I mean, God, how much of a a boom would it have been for Orlando to be a part of that? documentary when they made it like they would have come to orlando they would have done an all-access crew yeah i mean they would have had like an episode maybe and that i mean an episode is better than nothing yeah no i i understand that like they would have been there would have been arsenal would have been here what like a week yeah or so so i mean yeah i mean I personally like it. Like it kind of sucks. Like I'm an Arsenal fan. Like man, I was I was kind of looking forward to covering the team, uh, but obviously that's not going to happen, and for good reason. So, you know, it's a bittersweet feeling for sure. But ultimately, like you got like I understand. Like if there are any sort of risks of further exposure, you absolutely have to put a squash to it. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly surprised that Everton is even making the trip still. I think things will change over the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm genuinely concerned for the Florida Cup because they've put so much time and effort into this, and now it just could be like poof gone. Yeah, it it could easily be like a hey, we might have a friendly, and that's it. Yeah, I think what they'll probably end up doing is have like 
if there's still three teams available, they'll have Millonarios play Everton for the Colombian yeah. sake, and then maybe Inter against Everton. Like the winner of that plays Inter or something. I don't know. One of the teams yeah. gets a bye. Yeah, I mean, or or you do what? You get in contact with the Rowdies. Oof! <laughs> Can you imagine all the people that had Arsenal tickets? Just show and up I, and be like, oh, God, it's Tampa Bay. Because, I mean, I don't know what else you really do. There's no one you can call within a less than a week's notice. No. Especially not, coming no. from overseas. Like, you have to get permission. You have to get, like, yeah, testing like, done and everything. Like, all of uh, Jesus. It's, uh... <laughs> not great. I, not great, It's pop. not great. Well, uh, stay tuned to the Florida Cup. I'm sure things will get very interesting over the next couple days. But we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep you updated here at the Orlando Soccer Show from when we hear things. Outside of that, CONCACAF Gold Cup is actually happening. That's That's been happening. This is going to be the well, the final day would have already happened by the time this show airs. And Jamaica, Costa Rica... Winners of Group C, not necessarily the most uh, convincing performances by far, but they got it done and they advanced. And sometimes that's all you really need to do in a knockout or in a group stage is just do what you're supposed to do. May not look convincing, but you get yourself to the knockout round and then the real tournament starts, I guess. Now, the, the big thing with the gold cup is it was at Exploria stadium. So considering the teams that were playing in it, you weren't necessarily going to get the biggest amount of fans. Jamaica and Costa Rica had the biggest turnout in terms of supporters. And listen, they didn't fill up the stadium, but they were loud. It was impressive. Like it, it was nice to be able to see a national team two national teams play at Exploria Stadium. And Orlando was kind of hoping that this would be a preemptive tournament to get some good favor for the Olympic, not the Olympic, the World Cup Committee when they're picking different sites to host. And the Gold Cup, I'm sure, was a, a stepping stone to that, but also so was the Florida Cup. They were trying to hope to see if they could sell some tickets to get to that. And now, who knows? Outside of the games in Orlando, the U.S. have qualified for the uh, knockout rounds. They play Sunday, July 25th against Jamaica. So with that, they if, if the U.S. wins on Sunday, then they'll play on Thursday in Austin, Texas at the Q2 Stadium. Or maybe they'll play in the NRG Stadium which is at the Houston Texans stadium. That is still to be determined. And then the final is going to be played in Vegas on August 1st. So like we were talking about earlier, depending on how the U.S. finish, you could see them back as early as Monday, or if they go all the way, they'll be back in August. So that's it for the Gold Cup, really. Go USA. Or don't. Or go Canada. Or do. Yeah, you, you, you are cheering for Canada, right? Of course. Yeah. 
It's going to be, I feel like it's going to be, what, Mexico, El Salvador, Canada, and USA have qualified for right now, and then you're most likely going to see, what, Honduras, Qatar, Costa Rica, and Jamaica. Could be an interesting, could be an interesting knockout group, at least. Last couple things of the show, the usual, weird news, red cards, where we share all of the fun, weird news that is going on in the world. Brad, do you have any good weird news for this week? Yeah. Norway women's handball team uh, was fined uh, 1,500 euros for refusing to simply wear skimpy bikini bottoms. Um, yeah, instead they, they all decided to wear shorts, which, yeah, you should have the right to wear whatever clothing makes you comfortable. Mm-hmm. But no, the, uh, the handball tournament of uh, – Forced them to the European Handball Federation, uh, find them for not wearing their uh, bikini bottoms instead. Um, the uh, international, the official international handball rules say women should wear bikini where the top should be in a tight fitting sports bra with deep openings at the arms. Um, which, yeah, that's that's what they're wearing on top, but the bottoms, uh, must not be more than 10 centimeters on the side. Which, okay, well. Uh, that's just underwear at that point. Um, and instead they wore just like a pretty athletic looking compression short, which you're, you're in like a, an athletic competition, right? Right. Like you shouldn't have to like just wear whatever the hell makes you comfortable. Like Mm -hmm. that's so dumb. Like legislating like what people should wear is literally the dumbest thing you you can do yep you would think they would have learned over the last couple years but nope they didn't nope no all right uh my weird news today this comes from argentina uh the argentine health ministry needs ten thousand wooden penises for quote educational purposes uh argentina's health ministry has called for tenders to purchase a large assortment of items including 10,000 wooden human penises for educational purposes they are also going to be putting in an order of 10,000 condoms which will be manufactured in such a way that they can be hung in public places and then 10,000 turquoise briefcases stamped and with ribbons to the tone together with the replicas of the male genitalia packed in 100 boxes of 100 units each uh, this is all for sex- sexual education activities and will entail a disbursement of 13,371 whatever the currency is for Argentina roughly $138,000 in the official exchange so in order to try and teach people how to properly wear condoms and safe sex and such they're going to be using wooden penises Argentina what a country um, I do have a backup weird news, one that is actually like kind of hilarious and not, um, uh, let's say, less quasi-rage-inducing. Um, cop calls backup for drone following them, only to find out that it was the planet Jupiter. What? A rookie police officer in Glasgow, Scotland, was uh, recently embarrassed to discover that the drone they thought were per- pursuing them on their way to a shopping center was actually just the planet Jupiter. Uh, 
Saturday, the officer left their station around midnight Tuesday. Uh, they saw the bright light that they believed to be a drone. Uh, they attempted to, quote, lose the drone on their way to a local shopping center. However, after they failed, they were they started getting afraid and eventually called a general complaints number for Police Scotland to report that they were being followed by a drone and, quote, couldn't lose it. Uh, the operator working the complaints line told them to return to the station where they could meet with a senior officer. Um... They were found standing in the police yard with their hood up, trying to hide from the drone and pointed out the bright light and white dot in the sky. When the senior officer looked up at the light, they realized the drone they'd been afraid of was actually just Jupiter. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Wow. That. hmm, That's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. All right. Any red cards this week? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I look. I, I mean, I've had a pretty good week. I feel like. I guess the only red card I'd really give out is to uh, the Delta variant for possibly canceling the Florida Cup. Yeah, I, I, I would say that too. I think that's a fair assessment. Like it would have been cool to have two Premier League teams and the Italian champions play in Florida, but. That's not going to happen now. We can't have nice things. Really can't. Nope. And with that, <laughs> that positive note, we will leave you there with that. Thanks for tuning into another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. Hopefully, we get some more positive things to talk about. As we always say, say something positive. So have a great, great rest of your week. And go Orlando City. Go Orlando Pride. And- 69, dudes! Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. You're dirty brown water trash. And you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.